Section 5 of The Great Events, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 1. Edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd. Compilation of the Earliest Code, B.C. 2250, by Hammurabi, Part 2. 111. If an innkeeper furnish sixty ka of usakani drink to, she shall receive fifty ka of corn at the harvest. 112. If anyone be on a journey and entrust silver, gold, precious stones, or any movable property to another, and wish to recover it from him, if the latter do not bring all of the property to the appointed place, but appropriate it to his own use, then shall this man, who did not bring the property to hand it over, be convicted, and he shall pay fivefold for all that had been entrusted to him. 113. If anyone have a consignment of corn or money, and he take from the granary or box without the knowledge of the owner, then shall he who took corn without the knowledge of the owner out of the granary, or money out of the box, be legally convicted, and repay the corn he has taken and he shall lose whatever commission was paid to him or due him. 114. If a man have no claim on another for corn and money, and try to demand it by force, he shall pay one-third of a mina of silver in every case. 115. If anyone have a claim for corn or money upon another and imprison him, if the prisoner die in prison a natural death, the case shall go no further. 116. If the prisoner die in prison from blows or maltreatment, the master of the prisoner shall convict the merchant before the judge. If he was a freeborn man, the son of the merchant shall be put to death. If it was a slave, he shall pay one-third of a mina of gold, and all that the master of the prisoner gave he shall forfeit. 117. If anyone fail to meet a claim for debt, and sell himself, his wife, his son, and daughter for money, or give them away to forced labor, they shall work for three years in the house of the man who bought them, or the proprietor, and in the fourth year they shall be set free. 118. If he give a male or female slave away for forced labor, and the merchant sublease them or sell them for money, no objection can be raised. 119. If anyone fail to meet a claim for debt, and he sell the maidservant who has borne him children for money, the money which the merchant has paid shall be repaid to him by the owner of the slave, and she shall be freed. 120. If anyone store corn for safekeeping in another person's house, and any harm happen to the corn in storage, or if the owner of the house open the granary and take some of the corn, or if especially he deny that the corn was stored in his house, then the owner of the corn shall claim his corn before God on oath, and the owner of the house shall pay its owner for all of the corn that he took. 121. If any one store corn in another man's house, he shall pay him storage at the rate of one ger for every five ka of corn per year. 122. If any one give another silver, gold, or anything else to keep, he shall show everything to some witness, draw up a contract, and then hand it over for safekeeping. 123. If he turn it over for safekeeping without witness or contract, and if he to whom it was given deny it, then he has no legitimate claim. 
124. If any one deliver silver, gold, or anything else to another for safekeeping, before a witness, but he deny it, he shall be brought before a judge, and all that he is denied he shall pay in full. 125. If any one place his property with another for safekeeping, and there, either through thieves or robbers, his property and the property of the other man be lost, the owner of the house, through whose neglect the loss took place, shall compensate the owner for all that was given to him in charge. But the owner of the house shall try to follow up and recover his property, and take it away from the thief. 126. If any one who has not lost his goods state that they have been lost and make false claims, if he claim his goods and amount of injury before God, even though he has not lost them, he shall be fully compensated for all his loss claimed, i.e. the oath is all that is needed. 127. If any one point the finger, slander, at a sister of a god or the wife of any one and cannot prove it, this man shall be taken before the judges and his brow shall be marked by cutting the skin or perhaps hair. 128. If a man take a woman to wife but have no intercourse with her, this woman is no wife to him. 129. If a man's wife be surprised with another man, both shall be tied and thrown into the water, but the husband may pardon his wife and the king his slaves. 130. If a man violate the wife, betrothed or child-wife, of another man, who has never known a man, and still lives in her father's house, and sleep with her and be surprised, this man shall be put to death, but the wife is blameless. 131. If a man bring a charge against one's wife, but she is not surprised with another man, delit flagrant is necessary for divorce. She must take an oath and then may return to her house. 132. If the finger is pointed at a man's wife about another man, but she is not caught sleeping with the other man, she shall jump into the river for her husband, prove her innocence by this test. 133. If a man is taken prisoner in war, and there is a sustenance in his house, but his wife leave house and court and go to another house, because this wife did not keep her court and went to another house, she shall be judicially condemned and thrown into the water. 134. If any one be captured in war, and there is no sustenance in his house, if then his wife go to another house, this woman shall be held blameless. 135. If a man be taken prisoner in war, and there be no sustenance in his house, and his wife go to another house and bear children, and if later her husband return and come to his home, then this wife shall return to her husband, but the children follow their father. 136. If any one leave his house, run away, and then his wife go to another house, if then he return and wishes to take his wife back, because he fled from his home and ran away, the wife of this runaway shall not return to her husband. 137. If a man wish to separate from a woman who has borne him children, or from his wife who has borne him children, then he shall give that wife her dowry, and a part of the usufruct of field, garden, and property, so that she can rear her children. When she has brought up her children, a portion of all that is given to the children, equal as that of one son, shall be given to her. She may then marry the man of her heart. 138. If a man wishes to separate from his wife, who has borne him no children, he shall give her the amount of her purchase money, amount formerly paid to the bride's father, 
and the dowry which she brought from her father's house, and let her go. 139. If there was no purchase price, he shall give her one mina of gold as a gift of release. 140. If he be a freed man, he shall give her one-third of a mina of gold. 141. If a man's wife, who lives in his house, wishes to leave it, plunges into debt, tries to ruin her house, neglects her husband, and is judicially convicted, if her husband offer her release, she may go on her way, and he gives her nothing as a gift of release. If her husband does not wish to release her, and if he takes another wife, she shall remain as servant in her husband's house. 142. If a woman quarrel with her husband and say, You are not congenial to me, the reasons for her prejudice must be presented. If she is guiltless, and there is no fault on her part, but he leaves and neglects her, then no guilt attaches to this woman. She shall take her dowry and go back to her father's house. 143. If she is not innocent, but leaves her husband and ruins her house, neglecting her husband, this woman shall be cast into the water. 144. If a man take a wife, and this woman give her husband a maidservant, and she bear him children, but this man wishes to take another wife, this shall not be permitted to him. He shall not take a second wife. 145. If a man take a wife, and she bear him no children, and he intend to take another wife, if he take this second wife and bring her into the house, the second wife shall not be allowed equality with his wife. 146. If a man take a wife, and she give this man a maid servant as wife, and she bear him children, and then this maid assume equality with the wife, because she has borne him children, her master shall not sell her for money, but he may keep her as a slave, reckoning her among the maid servants. 147. If she have not borne him children, then her mistress may sell her for money. 148. If a man take a wife, and she be seized by disease, if he then desire to take a second wife, he shall not put away his wife, who has been attacked by disease, but he shall keep her in the house which he has built and support her so long as she lives. 149. If this woman does not wish to remain in her husband's house, then he shall compensate her for the dowry that she brought with her from her father's house, and she may go. 150. If a man give his wife a field, a garden, and house, and a deed therefor, if, then, after the death of her husband, the sons raise no claim, then the mother may bequeath all to one of her sons whom she prefers, and need leave nothing to his brothers. 151. If a woman who lived in a man's house made an agreement with her husband that no creditor can arrest her, and is given a document therefore, if that man before he married that woman had a debt, the creditor cannot hold the woman for it. But if the woman, before she entered the man's house, had contracted a debt, her creditor cannot arrest her husband, therefore. 152. If, after the woman had entered the man's house, both contracted a debt, both must pay the merchant. 153. If the wife of one man, on account of another man, has their mates, her husband and the other man's wife, murdered, both of them shall be impaled. 154. If a man be guilty of incest with his daughter, he shall be driven from the place, exiled. 155. If a man betroth a girl to his son, and his son have intercourse with her, but he, the father, afterward defile her and be surprised, then he shall be bound and cast into the water. 
drowned. 156. If a man betroth a girl to his son, but his son has not known her, and if he then defile her, he shall pay her half a gold mina, and compensate her for all that she brought out of her father's house. She may marry the man of her heart. 157. If any one be guilty of incest with his mother after his father, both shall be burned. 158. If any one be surprised after his father with his chief wife, who has borne children, he shall be driven out of his father's house. 159. If any one who has brought chattels into his father-in-law's house and has paid the purchase money, looks for another wife, and says to his father-in-law, I do not want your daughter, the girl's father may keep all that he had brought. 160. If a man bring chattels into the house of his father-in-law and pay the purchase price for his wife, if then the father of the girl say, I will not give you my daughter, he shall give him back all that he brought with him. 161. If a man bring chattels into his father-in-law's house and pay the purchase price, if then his friends slander him and his father-in-law say to the young husband, You shall not marry my daughter, then he shall give back to him undiminished all that he had brought with him but his wife shall not be married to the friend. 162. If a man marry a woman, and she bears sons to him, if then this woman die, then shall her father have no claim on her dowry. This belongs to her sons. 163. If a man marry a woman, and she bear him no sons, if then this woman die, if the purchase price which he had paid into the house of his father-in-law is repaid to him, her husband shall have no claim upon the dowry of this woman. It belongs to her father's house. 164. If his father-in-law do not pay back to him the amount of the purchase price, he may subtract the amount of the purchase price from the dowry, and then pay the remainder to her father's house. 165. If a man give to one of his sons whom he prefers a field, garden, and house, and a deed therefore, if later the father die, and the brothers divide the estate, then they shall first give him the present of his father, and he shall accept it, and the rest of the paternal property shall they divide. 166. If a man take wives for his sons, but take no wife for his minor son, and if then he die, if the sons divide the estate, they shall set aside, besides his portion, the money for the purchase price for the minor brother who had taken no wife as yet and secure a wife for him. 167. If a man marry a wife, and she bear him children, if this wife die, and he then take another wife, and she bear him children, if then the father die, the sons must not partition the estate according to the mothers. They shall divide the dowries of their mothers only in this way, the paternal estate, they shall divide equally with one another. 168. If a man wish to put his son out of his house, and declare before the judge, I want to put my son out, then the judge shall examine into his reasons. If the son be guilty of no great fault, for which he can be rightfully put out, the father shall not put him out. 169. If he be guilty of a grave fault, which should rightfully deprive him of the filial relationship, the father shall forgive him the first time. But if he be guilty of a grave fault a second time, the father may deprive his son of all filial relation. 170. If his wife bear sons to a man, or his maidservant have borne sons, and the father, while still living, says to the children whom his maidservant has borne, My sons, and he count them with the sons of his wife, 
If then the father die, then the sons of the wife and of the maidservant shall divide the paternal property in common. The son of the wife is to partition and choose. 171. If, however, the father, while still living, did not say to the sons of the maidservant, My sons, and then the father dies, then the sons of the maidservant shall not share with the sons of the wife, but the freedom of the maid and her sons shall be granted. The sons of the wife shall have no right to enslave the sons of the maid. The wife shall take her dowry from her father, and the gift that her husband gave her and deeded to her, separate from the dowry, or the purchase money paid her father, and live in the home of her husband. So long as she lives, she shall use it. It shall not be sold for money. Whatever she leaves shall belong to her children. 172. If her husband made her no gift, she shall be compensated for her gift, and she shall receive a portion from the estate of her husband equal to that of one child. If her sons oppress her, to force her out of the house, the judge shall examine into the matter, and if the sons are at fault, the woman shall not leave her husband's house. If the woman desire to leave the house, she must leave to her sons the gift which her husband gave her, but she may take the dowry of her father's house. Then she may marry the man of her heart. 173. If this woman bear sons to her second husband, in the place to which she went, and then die, her earlier and later sons shall divide the dowry between them. 174. If she bear no sons to her second husband, the sons of her first husband shall have the dowry. 175. If a state slave or the slave of a freed man marry the daughter of a free man, and children are born, the master of the slave shall have no right to enslave the children of the free. 176. If, however, a state slave or the slave of a freed man marry a man's daughter, and after he married her, she bring a dowry from a father's house. If, then, they both enjoy it and found a household and accumulate means, if then the slave die, then she who is free-born may take her dowry, and all that her husband and she had earned. She shall divide them into two parts, one half the master for the slave shall take, and the other half shall the free-born woman take for her children. If the free-born woman had no gift, she shall take all that her husband and she had earned, and divide it into two parts. The master of the slave shall take one half, and she shall take the other for her children. 177. If a widow, whose children are not grown, wishes to enter another house, remarry, she shall not enter it without the knowledge of the judge. If she enter another house, the judge shall examine the estate of the house of her first husband. Then the house of her first husband shall be entrusted to the second husband and the woman herself as managers, and a record must be made thereof. She shall keep the house in order, bring up the children, and not sell the household utensils. He who buys the utensils of the children of a widow shall lose his money, and the goods shall return to their owners. 178. If a devoted woman or a prostitute connected with the temple neither can marry, to whom her father has given a dowry and a deed therefore, but if in this deed it is not stated that she may bequeath it as she pleases, and has not explicitly stated that she has the right of disposal, if then her father die, then her brothers shall hold her field and garden, and give her corn, oil, and milk according to her portion, and satisfy her. If her brothers do not give her corn, oil, and milk according to her share, then her field and garden shall be given to a farmer whom she chooses, and the farmer shall support her. 
she shall have the usufruct of field and garden and all that her father gave her so long as she lives but she cannot sell or assign it to others her position of inheritance belongs to her brothers 179 if a sister of a god whose hire went to the revenue of the temple counterpart to the public prostitute or a prostitute receive a gift from her father and a deed in which it has been explicitly stated that she may dispose of it as she pleases and give her complete disposition thereof if then her father die then she may leave her property to whomsoever she pleases her brothers can raise no claim thereto 180 if a father give a present to his daughter either marriageable or a prostitute unmarriageable and then die then she is to receive a portion as a child from the paternal estate and enjoy its usufruct so long as she lives her estate belongs to her brothers 181 if a father devote a temple maid or temple virgin to god and give her no present if then the father die she shall receive the third of a child's portion from the inheritance of her father's house and enjoy its usufruct so long as she lives her estate belongs to her brothers 182 if a father devote his daughter as a wife of marduk of babylon as in 181 and give her no present nor a deed if then her father die then shall she receive one-third of her portion as a child of her father's house from her brothers but she shall not have the management thereof a wife of marduk may leave her estate to whomsoever she pleases 183 if a man give his daughter by a concubine a dowry and a husband and a deed if then her father die she shall receive no portion from the paternal estate 184 if a man do not give a dowry to his daughter by a concubine and no husband if then her father die then her brother shall give her a dowry according to her father's wealth and secure a husband for her 185 if a man adopt a child and to his name as son and rear him this grown son cannot be demanded back again 186 if a man adopt a son and if after he has taken him he injure his foster father and mother then this adopted son shall return to his father's house 187 the son of a paramour in the palace service or of a prostitute cannot be demanded back 188 if an artisan has undertaken to rear a child and teaches him his craft he cannot be demanded back 189 if he has not taught him his craft this adopted son may return to his father's house 190 if a man does not maintain a child that he has adopted as son and reared with his other children then his adopted son may return to his father's house 191 if a man who had adopted a son and reared him founded a household and had children wish to put this adopted son out then this son shall not simply go his way his adoptive father shall give him of his wealth one-third of a child's portion and then he may go he shall not give him of the field garden and house 192 if a son of a paramour or a prostitute say to his adoptive father or mother you are not my father or my mother his tongue shall be cut off 193 if the son of a paramour or prostitute desire his father's house and desert his adoptive father and adoptive mother and goes to his father's house then shall his eye be put out 194 if a man give his child to a nurse and the child die in her hands 
but the nurse, unbeknown to the father and mother, nurse another child, then they shall convict her of having nursed another child without the knowledge of the father and mother, and her breast shall be cut off. 195. If a son strike his father, his hands shall be hewn off. 196. If a man put out the eye of another man, his eye shall be put out. 197. If he break another man's bone, his bone shall be broken. 198. If he put out the eye of a freedman, or break the bone of a freedman, he shall pay one gold mina. 199. If he put out the eye of a man's slave, or break the bone of a man's slave, he shall pay one half of its value. 200. If a man knock out the teeth of his equal, his teeth shall be knocked out. End of section 5. Recording by Colleen McMahon.